Hello and welcome to Minyip, your fantasy sports community. I'm your coach. I'm your host, Blake, coach of Youngies Yaks, and I'm joined by Clinton. I'm coach of Dash's Dogs. I've been a bit of a sick dog the last week, but uh, um, I'll push through just for you, Blake. I uh, appreciate that, mate, and I'm sure our listeners, wherever you're listening to us on YouTube or Apple or Spotify podcasts, appreciate it as well. If you are listening to us and you like what you hear or um, like what you're seeing, make sure you <laughs> hit that like button and uh, subscribe to the channel. That way our show can get recognized and you can continue following our show and keeping up to date with our latest episodes. Um, got anything further to add about uh, how people can engage in our community there, Clinton? I think that's the first thing um, that you just said, Blake. Just obviously tune in to this recording every week, whichever way you do so. But yeah, especially on YouTube, uh, we're trying to improve the viewing experience, which you're all on top of, Blake. So hopefully it's visually appealing to the eye. What do you think? Um, so then, yeah, hopefully over time we can start seeing more people watching this show and liking what we're putting out there. Yep, absolutely. Um, so we are doing a combined show of Supercoach and AFL Fantasy. If you are watching this for the first time, uh, we've been doing this format for a few weeks now. Um, so halfway through the show, it'll switch from Supercoach to AFL Fantasy. If you happen to be watching on YouTube, there should be chapters down your bottom of your screen or in your show notes if you're listening to us as to when that'll flick over from AFL from Supercoach to AFL Fantasy. Um, so you don't have to listen to both segments if you don't want to. You can flick through to AFL Fantasy. Let's get started with AFL Supercoach for Round 7, Clinton. So we'll do a quick review of how we went for Round 6. Uh, one, I scored... one more thing. One no, more thing. Hit me, hit me, Clinton. Just about our Patreon and our Discord. Obviously, we mentioned YouTube, etc. But um, we've got a... Patreon page where you can join join in. There it is, Blake. Well done. Where you can support us and join our Discord where we have group chat about all forms of fantasy. And that's what we're trying to provide here is a community where you can come on board and improve and enjoy your fantasy. So I thought I'd mention that quickly. Sorry, Blake. You no, that's to... okay. No, very well said, Clinton. Um, yeah. we we definitely appreciate the support of our patrons in our community and uh, love seeing the updates through the Discord group chats that we have going through that community. So there's your link there on your on your screen if you wanted to get involved. Um, you could also hit us up on minute forward slash FSC at, at Twitter. Um, yeah, send through questions about your team and stay up to date with our latest updates of our teams through those channels. Okay, our round review for Supercoach Clinton. I scored 2,302 points for round six, uh, which boosted me up the rankings 12,000 spots to be 15,845. So pretty happy with that uh, that rise there. Um, yeah, my it went went pretty well, Clinton. I tra I made a few trades. Um, which I'll get up in my on the screen shortly for you. Do you want to talk through the how you scored, Clinton? I scored twenty two six five, which now sees me at the rank of ten thousand and eight hundred. I had a few good scores and a few poor scores, which let me down. Um, I unfortunately fielded 
Jack Hayes, which a lot of people did, um, which wasn't the greatest starts for the round. But then my big moment was that I brought in Clayton Oliver and had the C on him. So I believe you had something similar. Is that correct? But I, um, yeah, that, that was the big saving grace for, for my team. Uh, yeah, I already had Oliver. My captain was Lockie Neal. He scored 108, so not not as good as uh, Oliver there, Clinton. But um, I already already happy to ha- be a happy owner of Oliver. My I did three trades for the round. My I got rid of Grundy um, after some loopholing work. Um, I traded out Grundy and got in Pruce. I brought in Dan Houston. Can't remember which players they were for. They were non-playing. It was Houston for Hinge, Bruce for Grundy, and the other one. I can't remember who I traded out now. <laughs> Might have to write them <laughs> the, down for next week, Blake. Next I, um, week, yeah. Well, I'm stay on top of that. <laughs> so I'll read my notes from last week, so I can go through. So I actually was right. going to trade out Gibkiss, um, but then once. Hinge wasn't named. I tried out Hinge instead. So I'm really grateful for Hinge not being named. Otherwise, I would have traded Gibkiss, which would have been an error because he scored 102 on my bench, which um, although he wasn't on my field, I'm glad that he is now still on my team and I could, I think, loop him this week because he plays Friday night. And, yeah, he looks like a, a good young player who will earn us a lot of more money, who um, people who still own him. So... As I said, I tried out Hinge, Grundy also, and I tried out Matt Rowe, so I boosted and I brought in. I still kept Roses in the team despite him being a late out. I traded him in. I brought in Bruce and I brought in Clayton Oliver, as mentioned, and put the C on him, which I was really happy about because I had the VC McRae, like a lot of people, was looking like I was going to take that score, but then he stopped um, about three-quarter time. And, yeah, back in Oliver, my new recruit, and he did really well. Yeah. Um, my other one I traded out was Chapman Clinton after he was out with COVID protocols and he had a high break even. And I brought in Isaac Heaney, who only scored 81, but he'll be a keeper in my forward line. So I'm not too unhappy with that, but bad week to bring him in. But I, he'll be a season-long keeper for me. Um and it worked out well trading out Grundy for the both of us, Clinton. We'll get we'll discuss that later in our community questions. But um, yeah, obviously the news coming out of the Anzac Day game that Grundy's going to be out for ten to twelve weeks with a PCL knee injury. So um, we got off him at the right time there, Clinton. Yeah, it's one of those lucky ones, and yeah, I think uh, owners now have the obviously option to spread their funds out and depends what they want to do in the ruck. If you don't have Max Gorn, uh, that's probably priority number one. But then also, yeah, there's obviously good money to have in Bruce and Sam Hayes in the ruck line. So you could go with that option and spread your money elsewhere. So it's interesting. Yep, let's get in. That's a good review there of round six, Clinton. Let's get into one of our new segments in Guess Who? Your favorite, your favorite music, Clinton. I love that jingle. Uh, yeah. The uh, uh, can we recap last week? Quick, we'll quick, quickly recap. Yes. Guess who from last week? 
um, after having one of the highest three round averages, we um, my guess who was Alex Witherden. Um, I believe he had a three round average of about 122. He was at 520k, and I was telling the community, "Yep, yeah, I'm going to get him in." But then when I, I come to trade, <laughs> I questioned it. I must admit, I thought surely not. Yep. When it come to the trades, I realised that I fell about 25k short of getting him, so I got Dan Houston instead. Um, and you sent me a message at quarter time of that game and said he's on 17 disposals already. No, something like that. 17 disposals already and 70 super coach points at quarter time. And I said BS because I was on the road driving. <laughs> I was about to throw my phone out the car, um, but. Houston still went pretty well for me, scoring 124, only 30 points off with it. And um, but yes, that was a recap of the guess who from last week, Clinton. There's always these players who are very low owned and that they score massive. And Witherden is that player this year. Yep, and we'll move on to our our guess who for round seven, Clinton. You'll probably guess it straight away again. Here we go. Guess who, Clinton? I'm, I'm averaging a hundred and fourteen. I play in the ruck. I'm currently owned by zero point six percent of teams. Wow. Averaging hundred and fourteen. Um do I play for Sydney? You do play for Sydney. Big Laddams. Peter Laddams is correct. He's uh, the fourth highest averaging ruckman at the moment. He's a ruck forward, 461K. Um, any thought into Peter Laddams, Clinton? I don't think so, purely because um, I read something earlier today that Hickey is back shortly and is even pressing for selection this week. So... That alone would deter, deter me away from Big Laddam. So, yeah, I think he scored well. Was it just a weekend just gone? Yeah, so I think... Yeah, 160 or something, yeah. Yeah, that's obviously appealing for this week, but, yeah, I think that's a bit of a short-term punt, which is not worth it because I think Hickey will be back soon. If, if that's the case and Hickey's coming back that early... It, on the AFL website, it's still saying it's three weeks away. Why do you reckon these teams are having such quick turnarounds? They're posting that players are going to be out for four to four weeks, like Zach Merritt, and then they're available for selection next week. It is bizarre. I think potentially these days, I think there's an acceptance that they can get through now, not come back 100%. I think... Initially, the diagnosis, they always refer to being back 100%, but now it seems as though as long as some of these players can do their role in a reasonable capacity, they're coming back early despite that. So that's my guess. But, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting one. But there is a lot of early comebacks. Cripps doing a hammy and missing one week. I think if I... <laughs> If I had a, had a one-way cameo throughout my career, I would have doubled my games. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, that's um, – it was very annoying that 
I traded out Cripps for that one week hamstring injury as well, by the way. Now they just come back and scored 139 or something like that. Um, so thanks for rubbing that into the wounds there, Clinton. Um, let's get into our bold predictions. So let's quickly recap how our bold predictions went from last week, Clinton. So we did we did three last week. I sprung that upon you, I think, but we did three. I thought My I did three. two, but yeah. Okay. I, I had three. Okay. <laughs> I uh, I had Proust to score over 120, which failed. He scored 117. That's not, not good. Yep. Yeah, terrible. Jai Caldwell to score over 120 on Anzac Day. He was terrible in the first half and scored 74, and that's that'll be the last mention of Bombers for the rest of the show. <laughs> and my other one that was O'Driscoll will score under 70, Clinton. As a non-owner of Driscoll, that worked out as a correct bowl prediction. He only scored 42. How did your bowl predictions go? No, hang on. We just need to re- address that again. That's not acceptable, Blake, to put a moz on a player <laughs> who it's, is highly it's not owned my player. It's... and ruin a lot of weekends. So if, if you want to continue with that, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure about maybe that. I'll maybe I'll maybe I'll keep doing that. <laughs> who's the maybe who's the next who's the next moz I can put on? We might need to cancel this segment. Um, <laughs> my bold prediction was that Bowie, Oliver, Petrarca, and Gorn would score 500. Now they got awfully close. Uh, Petrarca was the one that let me down with only 87. So. Oliver 168, Gorn 123, Bowie 106, Petrarca 87, scored 484. So I was pretty close. Um, my other That's bold prediction. My other bold prediction was that Hobbs and Sam Hayes would both score over 90. Sam Hayes did his job. Um, so he is definitely a must-have. On the other hand, Hobbs scored. I'm not sure, but it wasn't very high. And now people who jumped on him early may be regretting that. And people who don't have him should maybe avoid. I'm not sure. So that's something I need to ask you, being an Essendon supporter. Blake. It's an interesting one for Hobbs. I liked what he did in his first game. He worked his way into the game, but he really didn't show much on the Anzac Day. Um I don't really think there's too many people fighting to take his position in the, in the team. I think they should, the way Essendon are performing, they should keep on working to, and giving him more development. So I think he'll continue to get more minutes and he'll definitely get his break even. So I still think he's a strong super coach option. I don't, at the moment, there's not too many rookie um, players to bring in this week. So he still might be one at only about 160K. I, he's still high on my radar as a trade-in option. Okay. Yeah. I don't think that's convinced me enough, but uh, good try. Yeah. The only way I'd be convinced by him is if there's no other rookie options that become available this week. Um, let's get into our bold predictions for this week, Clinton. So okay. would you like to go first or do you want me to put another moz on? I'll go first. Okay. Um, someone who's been disappointing this year to date is someone 
reasonably owned. He's owned by 26% now. Tuke Miller, one of my boys. Um, he hasn't scored. What's his highest? He scored 137 and 140 the first two rounds. So that is next high score after the last month has been 107. I think that changes this week. I'm predicting that he will score 160 plus. 160? Correct. That is very bold, Clinton, and probably a boldest prediction yet. And I, He's I at the like MCG it. versus Collingwood. Darcy Parrish had how many touches in the first half? 30? I know, he had about... Yeah, it was ridiculous, yeah. Right. Took is going to have a monster game this weekend. Okay. I, I like it, Clinton. Uh, so we're doing two bold predictions? Correct. Want me to go again? Yeah, go again. The other player that's been rather yeah, pretty disappointing is Zach Butters. He scored three scores above 114 and three scores either being 57 or 58. So he's either scoring a lot or not very much. This week, he'll score his highest score of the year, which is 136 plus. Will you accept that? How many? His highest score so far is 136. Yep. I'm saying he'll score more than that. That's very bold, Clinton. Again, I like it. Well Thank done, you. Clinton. Okay, my bold predictions. Um, this player is coming up against Carlton in the ruck, and Carlton do barely have a ruckman anymore. Their number one ruckman is probably going to be Tom DeConing. So Tristan Jerry is going to score 130-plus. Can I just say, what if he's not playing? Why wouldn't he be playing? Because there's a lot of traction that CCJ had a big game in the VFL and he's got to replace him. So we'll see how that affects. Do I need <laughs> to put an emergent, emergency jacket on my, um, <laughs> my maybe, predictions? Maybe have emergency on uh, CCJ instead of Cherry. Whoever's playing in the ruck for North <laughs> Melbourne on the weekend, they're going to okay. score 130 plus. Um, yeah. Sh Sherry might score 130 plus in the twos, then, if that's the case. <laughs> yeah. Um, my other bold prediction now that you've thrown me with that news, sorry about that. That's okay. Is that Patrick Cripps is going to score under 80 this week? Oh, the Moz. There it is. I don't own him, North so. In the last two seasons, he's played North Melbourne once in each season and he scored 75 in each of those games. You're, you'll have a tarnished reputation with all this mozzing. So, well, if it um, keeps coming correct, people <laughs> start might following it. So. Yeah. Well, uh, there you go. Okay. Well, yep, there's our bold yep, there's our bold predictions, Clinton. Let's get on to our community questions. There it was, the community questions. Uh, let's get into a question from As through our Patreon Discord, Clinton. Um, what to do with the dead rookies? He's got the likes of Wilmot still sitting there on his bench. Um, is it worth using a trade to go from him to someone like Roses 
or and get the cash or just hold? It's a good question. Um, I think you need to try. Depends on the rest of your team, obviously, and what needs to happen. If you don't have a lot of other tradable rookies, then def- like, definitely like. All depends though. It'd be it'd hurt a lot if if it's Wilmot or whichever dead rookie it is. Then in two weeks' time they're back playing or they start playing. So you want to make be reasonably sure that this player is not coming back soon. And the play that you bring in will rise in money. So the worst thing that could happen is, for example, you trade Wilmot and then you bring in Roses, for example, and then Roses doesn't score well at all. And then Wilmot comes back in, you'll be kicking yourself. So you just need to be do your research and work out if it's if that's going to happen and back your judgment because you don't want dead rookies and pretty soon there's going to be some buy rounds and ideally you have some fieldable rookies that can help throughout those buyers. So um, I, I think it's a good move. Just be careful. I think it comes down to Clinton, the reason why they're not playing. Um, if it's, if they're out for an injury, I think you trade them out as soon as you can. If it's, if you've got no other pressing priorities, um, but yeah, it really need to look at um, what they're doing at the moment. So if they're playing VFL or um, in the twos, if they're scoring quite well, um, it's quite easy to look up on Twitter and see around the grounds as to these key players, how they're performing. Um, so, yeah, it really comes down to your priorities and what their what their status is, if they're injured or not. For example, I'm still holding the likes of Stevens from Sydney and Dixon from West Coast, because I believe hopefully they'll be back soon. Whereas if you've got someone like Wilmot or another player who hasn't played all year and you doubt they'll be starting, then yeah, I suggest trying to move that on pretty quick to try and get some money of a rookie that you know is potentially going to go up like Roses, Roses or whoever the, the rookies are that are coming through. Yeah, the next question, Clinton, we'll cover this in the AFL fantasy section as well. But what? Uh, surrounds the rucks now that Brody Grundy's out for 10 to 12 weeks. What do you do? We've already traded him out, but what would you be looking to do in the ruck department if you had Brody Grundy still, like the majority of owners still do, 39% of the community? Yeah, it's I guess I touched on it before. I think Max Gorn is a player that right now is, I think he's got to be clear R1, in my opinion. And then there's the likes of Darcy and Witsy, who are going well. I think Darcy has obviously had his ups and downs already, but uh, I, I probably wouldn't go down the Wits path if you haven't, or if you didn't start with him. I'd either, uh, it all depends if you have Gorn and Grundy still, or if you just got the one premium. So, there, as I said, it is an option to just have two cheap rucks at the moment in Bruce and Sam Hayes. But I think Max Gorn is the likely R1 and he's proven the last few weeks that he's back to pretty good form and the fixtures that they have over the next several weeks prior to their buy, you would suggest that Gorn will score well. So if that's an easy avenue to Gorn, that's probably the first avenue. But if, if you already have... 
if you have yeah Bruce and Sam Hayes, and then if you want to address other issues in your team, you could go down that path. Yeah. Um, no offense to Brody, but it really makes Supercoach interesting. These kinds of injury injuries, so that um, players have to create Supercoach players have to create different strategies how to approach their team and their structures, um, rather than everyone just having lock in. Grundy and Gorn, it really makes the game interesting at the moment. I've started with Wits, so he's going to become my R1 now and Proust is going to be my R2. I've currently got Dixon as my R3 with Hayes and Sherry still there in my forward line, so I've got a bit of flexibility there, but I'm still looking to bring in Sam Hayes um, now that he's on the bubble. Um, who's your? You've got Gorn, don't you, Clinton? Yeah, I've got Gorn, I've got Proust, and I'm bringing in uh hayes this week yeah terrific we'll get to that um when we talk through our trade plans clinton um for players that are going to be out for only one or two more weeks would you be looking to trade them out the likes of um mccartan and dixon uh hugh dixon um so no i, I i'm all depends on your bench cover, but yeah, I'm keeping McCartan. Um, looks as though he's uh, there was a lot of fears around his concussion, but yeah, it looks like he'll return after this week and off. So I'm going to use him as a looping option this weekend, and then hopefully he'll return and earn a bit more cash. So uh, depends what issues you want to address in your team, but I'm keeping McCartan and Hugh Dixon. Uh, is that who you mean? I've, yes, I've kept you, Dixon, yeah. I've kept him to this point, and, yeah, I think those types of players who have a bit of money still to be to be made, and especially McCartan, who's trickling along with some okay scores, and there's not a lot of defensive rookies coming through. So I think he's a good option just to keep on, on your defensive bench and um, ride him out for a bit longer until a potential cheap rookie comes through. My next questions around surrounding three players, Clinton, about chasing points. At what stage does it um, become chasing points or are you bringing in a, a gun player? So Mills scored 214, Rosie scored 153, and Witherden scored 152. At what stage does it become chasing points, Clinton? It's a great question. Last year, the same question was asked about Aaron Hall. There was a lot of non-believers, and then he continued to score massive scores. So um, you've got to determine is it is, if it is chasing points or um, it's the real deal. I think for all those three players you mentioned, um, Mills is the real deal. The reality is, though, there's still question marks about his uh, fitness, and he only played about 72% of game time. So obviously there's still potential an issue with his leg, but he's what an amazing game. So I think he is a very risky op option to bring him in. Um, could pay off, but it could be like an Aaron Hall that you bring in and then he hurts himself a week later. So um, Witherden seems like the real deal. And Rosie, I'd say, is a bit more of a, a, a small roller coaster, which has gone well recently, but yeah, maybe we'll come back down to earth soon. So, uh, yeah, it's a good question there. Have you got uh, any other plays discussed, Clinton, before we get into our trade plans? Um, 
No, I don't think so, Blake. We can move on. All right, terrific. Let's get into our trade plans for round seven. That's about enough of that. Um, our, our trade plans, I'm looking to use my boost again this week, Clinton, in doing three trades. I've currently got 26, so it'll go down to 23. The players that I've got um, that are on high break-evens, so... I have Dacos, who's got a break-even of 80, but he'll be I'll be holding him for still a fair bit longer. Rochelle, he's got a break-even of 85, so he's going out of my side. Hayes, who's got that long-term knee injury, he'll be traded out. So it'll be a Hayes for Hayes swap with a loop looping with Dixon. Hayes to Hayes, Rochelle to Hobbs, and then I am trading out Horn Francis to I can afford anyone under 600K. And at the moment, I'm tossing up between Took Miller or bringing back in Patrick Cripps after only trading him out. He actually, he only even though he scored 139, I believe he went down in price about 8K. So we didn't lose any money by trading him out. And now he'll probably be going back up in price again. Um, yeah. Very nice. That's my play. three track. Who was the second player that you said you were bringing in? I'm considering bringing in Took Miller. Okay. Oh, the player that I am bringing in. So I'm yes. bringing in Hayes for Hayes, Rochelle to Hobbs because I, oh, okay. I don't see any other downgrade rookie that I trust at the moment um, who gives me enough cash generation. Okay. That could change with the teams where someone else gets selected, but he's the next best rookie in my opinion. And then, yeah, Horn Francis with a break-even at 83. I think it's time for him to be traded out with no other priorities in my team. Okay, good luck. Um, I'm only going to use the two trades this week. Um, I'm also doing the Hayes to Hayes move, which is going to be very popular. Um I'm not going to bring in Hobbs. Um, I think there's potential that Greg Clark will play for West Coast this week, his first game. And if he scores well, I think he'd be a potentially a better option than Hobbs in the next couple of weeks. So I don't want to force a trade in and then pretty much regret it straight away. So um, due to the game on Monday, I feel I've going to avoid Hobbs. Um, I'll also trade out Rochelle and I'm going to Jack Steele. He's the premium that so, I so don't making, have. making three trades? No, no. Hayes to Hayes mm -hmm. and Rochelle to Jack Steele. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, he's the premium that I want in my team. Obviously, you mentioned Mills, uh Brayshaw I've considered, but Jack Steele is the player that one of the players that we all wanted at the start of the year, but then for different reasons we chose, a lot of us chose different players and now's the right time to bring in Jack Steele. Um, so just quickly with my team, there's a good chance I'll be able to loop around a few players. So you mentioned Horn Francis, so I'm going to keep him for a little bit longer because I think I'll be able to loop uh, 
even between O'Driscoll and his score, I'll be able to loop one of those options in the back line. I could loop between Gibkiss and Nick Dacos. So I've got some good backup plans in case a, a certain player fails. Um, and, yeah, so they'll take me down to 24 trades. Um, so just the next part is our VC and C. Uh, I'm likely to VC Oliver or maybe even Gorn, and then I'll captain Jack Steele because I think as a backup option that it worked last week with Oliver and I expect Jack Steele to score well this week if I need him to. Well, this is probably the first time we've agreed on captains, Clinton, because mine is probably going to be the same, Oliver into Steele. Um, and I've still got Paddy McCartan there, so he'll be the looping option there the last game of the round. So a lot of people will have that looping availability there. It's just um, being being aware of that uh, Melbourne play at 4.35 on a Saturday and then the St Kilda play at 7.25, Clinton. So hope you're not busy yep. on Saturday afternoon. No, nah, should be sweet. All right. That's all good then, mate. Thanks. Um, <laughs> looking after you um that's uh the end of our super coach segment there clinton got anything further to add before we push on through to afl fantasy no i don't think so it's uh i think there's yeah there's a couple players to watch out for as i mentioned cherry with the ruck situation you know, I, I saw a rumor about nick dacos being rest, rested this week so who knows if that's believable or not but just be careful that you know, teams this week will be interesting. And, yeah, it's important to have these bench options. So I'm glad I kept Gibkiss, but there's other bench options. If you've got a dead rookie, yeah, you better start looking at different options because I think there will be potentially some risk coming through, for especially those young players. So, yeah, hopefully Horn Francis can stick in for at least one or two more weeks in my team anyway and score okay, and then I'll move him on. Yeah, the um, yeah, that'll come down to my team as well, whether trade out Horn Francis or not, whether there is a surprise selection tomorrow night for the teams on Thursday night. All right, Clinton, good luck for Supercoach for round seven. Let's uh, get into AFL fantasy. Let's do this. There we go. Caught him on a drinks break. Cheers. <laughs> Welcome to AFL Fantasy for round seven. Um, if, yeah, if you're just joining us, make sure you hit the like button and subscribe to our channels, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, Linton. Let's uh, um, get into a round review for round six. Do you want me to kick off first, Clinton? You can go first, Blake. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, so I scored... 2,045, uh, so not too bad overall. Happy so far. I've scored over 2,000 each week so far, So, but did push out my ranking slightly with a poor captaincy selection. So I've gone from about 3,000 to 4,011. I We can get into our hits and misses shortly, Clinton, but um, the players that I... Traded out was Ward and Rao. 
and I brought in Tom Green, and I, as a rookie, brought in Curtis for North Melbourne, which Tom Green probably scored one of his lower scores for the year so far, scoring 91. So not too bad overall, but and it was better than Real at least. How did you go for round six, Clinton? Yes, it's been pretty dismal at Dash's Dogs in the uh, AFL Fantasy. Um, I scored 2014, which wasn't too bad, but uh, my rank is still <laughs> pretty dismal with 20,794. So I'm still a long way back. It's been an atrocious start. So several players I need to address. Um, <clears throat> the players that I traded out were Ward and McEntee. I brought in the Bulldogs rookie in McComb, McComb, um, who plays first game for the Dogs, and I chased Bailey Smith. Um, he's he was in unbelievable form. He had a great first quarter, but then he slowed down just like McRae did, and he scored ninety two. So I still think he'll be a good option going forward. I was tossing up between. Him and Oliver. I think I mentioned last week I was going to get Oliver, but I got uh, Bailey Smith instead. So, yeah, it's uh, hopefully bounces back this week. Yeah, uh, let's get into our hits and misses, Clinton. So my hits, um, my highest scoring player, Clinton, was. Josh Dunkley scored 138. So I was very happy with that. A highly owned player and he's been in some great form. I captained him last week and he only scored about 100 and then he does oh. this to me. So that's the way it works. Uh, and my other hit was Jaden Short, 127. So very happy with the way he's averaging and one of the highest averaging defenders. So very happy with that selection. I believe I moved from Ridley to Jaden Short after about round two, and it's paid off for me very well so far. My misses was, like I mentioned, my captaincy option. So I kept, I VC'd McRae, and then I ended up captaining Petrarca, who was one of my highest-priced players. So I kept Petrarca, and he only scored 76. So that didn't work out too well for me. So Petrarca was my biggest miss. And then after that, the other one was Zach Butters scoring 34 was dismal and um, understandably traded out by a lot of fantasy um, coaches so far. How did was your hits and misses, Clinton? Yeah, a couple of repeated names there. So very happy with Dunkley's score, obviously. I had the VC on Bailey Smith, so that didn't pan out. Uh, the other hit on top of Dunkley was... I'll give it to Tuke Miller, which is a bit of a strange one. He scored 111. I, I'll i get to my misses next, but he uh, wasn't off to a great start, Tuke. He's on about negative eight or something very early. So he clawed back to 111. So I had the C on him, and it wasn't looking great for quite a bit of time. So I thought he was going to – I've, I've captained him. This is why I'm ranked where I am because I've captained him every time he scored about 70 or 80. So I've just lucked out. I've backed him in several times and I thought I was due for another uh, dismal score. But he scored 111, so I'll give him a pat on the back for that. My missus, 
similar to you, I had Butters. Um, so I'm going to keep him. I think he'll bounce back, as I mentioned earlier. The other one was Jack Hayes. Obviously, he hurt himself, so it's not. But I think the it's a miss because Jeez, I feel, fit stiff there. He's <laughs> he a miss because I, it's a miss because I fielded him. So there was absolutely no reasons why I should have. He should have been on my bench. It's not his fault. So the the miss is on my behalf for having him on my field. So uh, it's completely my fault. And I think it's a couple of times I've done that where I've just. I think in previous weeks I might have got a bit cute with that type of situation. So I, I backed him in to score well in that game and he didn't, obviously, because he got got hurt. But uh, it's a miss on my behalf. No, fair enough, Clinton. Yeah, it's a miss on your behalf. We need to clarify for future weeks whether it's a, a miss of the player or it's a miss of, of what we did. <sighs> Yeah, don't get ACLs. It's uh, not acceptable. <laughs> That's all right. Let's get into our community questions, Clinton, for round seven. Um, we covered it off in Super Coach, Clinton, but it's a bit different for AFL Fantasy because we are we both have him and is very popularly owned again. Brody Grundy, what do we do with him for AFL Fantasy, Clinton? You get rid of him because he's injured and he's out for. <laughs> A fair yep. amount of time. I think even prior to that injury news, I think it was questionable whether to get rid of him then. So Bruce was was scoring well, and I'm not sure about you, but he was on my bench. So I didn't get his score because I fielded Gordon Grundy. And then once the news broke, yeah, obviously he's a trade. Uh, a lot of people, if you did have Bruce on your bench, now you can move him to your R2 spot. Uh, if you don't have Sam Hayes, I've already got him. He's my ruck bench, and now I can um, spread my funds elsewhere and get a different premium in. So that's what you should be doing. You should be trading him out because he's injured. Is that a clear enough answer? Who's who's the who's the best R two option behind Max Gorn now? It's a great question. I think. For the rest for the rest of the year, who do you think is going to score the most points as in the ruck position? It's an interesting question, but the the game of AFL fantasy is about making money and building your team. I think the answer right now is you need to have Brayden Proust in your team. He's been scoring one hundreds. Um, he's only owned by thirty percent of the competition. He's still going up in money a lot. The smart option right now is to have Braden Proust in R2. So it's not about paying up for someone else now, I believe. I think you should be having Gorn and Proust in your ruck line. What if you don't have Gorn? You should be trying to get Gorn <laughs> to replace Grundy is the answer. Because he's been on fire. I think he will be R1 and... He scored four tons in a row, and he has seven fixtures before his bye, and he's looking like he's back to his best. Luke Jackson, Luke Jackson isn't playing. That's as best I can answer that question. <laughs> no, fair enough, Clinton. Uh, let's get into the, the highest scoring player from last round where I had it in front of me. 
and now I have lost it. So do you want to talk? <laughs> do you want to talk about a player there, Clinton? While I, uh, um, I don't lose my mind. There's obviously a couple of players who should be traded out. It's all about priorities. So obviously, Grundy was very highly owned. So he needs to go. So that's pro number one. If you've got Jack Hayes, that's probably option two. So that's simply who my trade out options are. So you can't, can't get too pretty. So the likes of Matt Crouch, I've been trying to get rid of for weeks. Whitfield still hanging around. Uh, so Nothing there's... wrong with Whitfield and fantasy. Yeah, no, it was just... It's, it's true. He's only by 50%. So he's still just ticking along. So he saved himself in the last quarter. Again, he's done it a few times this year. So I just... After watching his games, he just... He finds a quarter to save himself. So you're right. But um, I'm just trying to address my team and I'm not making ground at all. So I'm looking at players that I could potentially move on. So uh, Matt Crouch. We feel it's a very frustrating player to watch. He's he looks he's always looking for the inside pass through the middle of the ground, but I don't think his teammates are bold enough to take the kick half the time. Yeah, it's a, his highest score all year is 101 in fantasy. So if you had thought that at the start of the year, yeah, you wouldn't have started him. So it's interesting. And then there's a lot – I'm still fielding Horn Francis. Um, so I've got issues to address. Have you worked out which players you want to talk about? Yeah, um, we've covered it off in Supercoach Clinton, but Mills was the highest scoring player for fantasy. Um, do you think he'll be able to um, keep scoring that highly for – the rest of the season. Uh, obviously, obviously, he won't be scoring 162 each week, but do you think he'll still be a, one of the top premiums by the end of the year? I think so. Uh, I think he's a viable option in fantasy more so than Supercoach. Um, but I'm going to a different premium. As I said, I got in Bailey Smith last week and I didn't get Oliver. So Oliver's going to... If I'm... Picking right now between Oliver and Mills, I've just got more confidence in Oliver for the entire season. So that's why I'm going Oliver. But Mills is a great option. So, the next question you can talk about in your trade plans later with who you're captaining this week. But how do you approach selecting your captain? Do you have a, a way that you approach selecting your captain in fantasy each week? We're, um, we're getting it wrong quite often so far this year, Clinton. Do you go more off their form, their fixtures? How do you like to approach selecting your captain? Well, simply with the VC, it's the most important thing is to try and nail that initial score. And you try to select someone who you have a lot of confidence that will obviously try and score 120 plus. And for example, yeah, in my team last week, I had McRae, Bailey Smith, and Dunkley to choose from. And I chose Bailey Smith because I just brought him in. I thought he had a great chance. So it's just, it just comes down to a bit of luck sometimes. But try and pick someone who has a potentially not necessarily the best average, but someone who has the upside to score a massive score. Um, so that's the first thing. But then with your backup option, you obviously – you have to back your premiums in, and I've done that all year with Tuke, and it's let me down. So 
uh, it's very important who they're playing. And for example, whether it's Jack Steele or McRae or Miller, for example, those types of players, you need to try and decide if they're going to have a run with. And uh, yeah, you just have to back them in once you've selected them. So unfortunately for me, Miller was the premium that I started with. I've backed in a lot and it's let me down. So try and choose a VC in one of those early games. And then if that doesn't work, have your plan B in place that you have confidence in. And that's all you can do. Yeah, I agree with that. For me, I look at my team each week and select out and look at the players that I have faith in. For me, I wouldn't select any of my defenders as a VC or captaincy option. Maybe I'm I'm wrong in doing that but because they have been scoring quite well each week for me. But I don't have faith that they'll put in a massive score. So then I turn to my premium forwards, rucks and mids and then I look at the fixtures and how they've been performing lately. If they've had any injury niggles or anything like that, I won't be captaining them. But, yeah, that's how I like to approach my captains, Clinton. Very good. Yeah, it's it's one of those years. I think we've spread a lot of our funds out, and there's a lot of those mid-prices who are going well for us. But I think that's maybe minimise a, a few premiums in our team, and that's why it's been a bit tricky. And, yeah, it's, congrats to those. I think that's... Yeah, it comes down to who you've started, and a lot of people have started Steele, who's scored well all season, and I think that's benefited a lot of people with that captaincy score all the time. Whereas, yeah, the loss of Miller has been a bit disappointing. So, it is what it is. At this stage of the season, Clinton, who who would you consider to be sort of your top three or four premium midfielders that um, you think you'd be targeting? If you, you if you on, didn't have them already. You've put me on the spot there, Fabi Blake. Um, at the moment, I've got Miller, McRae, Neil, Bailey Smith. Uh, yep. So that's five. Oh, sorry, I've got four. And I'm about, I'm about to bring in another one, which is I've already mentioned Oliver. Uh, so Oliver's top of my list, which is why I'm getting him. I'd like to... Mills is obviously a player that's uh, had a great score on the weekend and is looking, as long as his body holds together, he looks a solid pick. But Brayshaw, Steele, Keys are names that spring to mind. Uh, they're, they're pretty consistent and uh, they don't look like slowing down at all. Uh, the other one which I'd, I'll be eyeing off is Sam Walsh. I think he's the type of player that with his just his running ability, he gets marks. I think he's a good option. So they're, they're the names for, for me. You said before that Mills, you think he'd be better suited for fantasy and super coach. Why do you reckon that? Uh, because I think I have this mindset with super coach that once you get him, he's a season keeper and you don't want to, there's more, with the injury risk, obviously you have to trade them out. With AFL fans, I have the mindset of, uh, you ideally want to keep them all year, but then at the same time, yeah, there's options to continuously, two trades per week. You can uh, flip your premiums around a little bit more, but obviously, yeah, so it's just a weird mindset that I have between the formats that uh, I think... I'd be 
have the more of the risk factor with AFL fantasy compared to Supercoach. Maybe that's reflected in my rankings because uh, it's not going so well for me. But uh, yeah, it's still you still want to back in players for long term. But Mills, I think he, yeah, he's looks in good form. So it's a weird one, but I I, I do like him as an option. No, you're right. The you sort of got that safety net because you do have the two trades each week and you can sort of take the more riskier picks who are a bit injury prone. That's the sort of approach I started the season with and it worked out quite well for me. Um, You can sort of approach it with that sort of mentality that if they do get injured, you'll trade them out. So um, you can't have too too many of those though. So that's the, that's the tricky ones, but uh a guy in that form at the moment is pretty appealing. Yeah. Uh, did you have any other players to discuss before we get into our trade plans, Quentin? I don't think so. Obviously, it's that time where it's, yeah, he's always constantly trying to improve your team. And yeah, with the grinding news, that's the big factor. So I think everyone will be bringing in a premium. There's, I don't, there'll, there'll be no one double downgrading this week, which is, sometimes happens. Um, so. It's all about who you bring in and which players you don't have. And right now, I don't have Steele or those mentioned, those names mentioned from before. It's just about prioritising which one you want first. And right now, you know, for fantasy, Oliver's the one I'm going to bring in. Oliver, who are you? So you're trading out Grundy and Hayes, was it? Grundy and Hayes, and I'm going to bring in... I think I'll bring in Oliver, and I'm pretty confident at this stage Clark may play for West Coast, so he'll be my other traded option. Yeah, it worked out quite well for me last week trading in um, a player, the Curtis, for his first game. I just got quite lucky there. It was just the player I could have gone, the Western Bulldogs player who you got, but it was it's just luck really, that it came to, down to that he scored quite well. For me, I don't have Gorn, so at this stage I need to go Grundy to Gorn. If Tim English was fit and available, I probably would have gone him instead and um, it would have almost been a, a straight swap and I'd have the cash to trade out Hayes to a better player. But um, So Grundy to Gorn and I've got 305k to spare with the Hayes trade out. It's very tough price point to find someone around around that. And for me, I'll be probably looking for first gamers again. So it'll really come down to the teams, um, whether that's the player you mentioned from West Coast and Clark or if that Gold Coast player plays his first game, Clinton, the one that was in a lot of teams at the start of the year. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Hollands. <laughs> Hollands is correct, yeah. Um, he's been knocking on the door for a game because um, there's not too many options under that 305k price point, and so I'll be turning to the best rookie available option. Yep, very good. Your captain, well Clinton. Uh, it's a great question. I think, believe it or not, I'm going to back in Tuk again. As mentioned wow. earlier, I think I think he'll have a big game versus Collingwood, so I'll back him in and I'll VC potentially Clayton Oliver or 
trying to work out. I think I could potentially VC Miller, and then if he, with the time with the time uh, game starts, if Turks failing, I'll potentially maybe a Bulldogs player. So I might leave it to Sunday for the VCC. We'll see how we go with that. Yeah, um, my VC is providing that I do the trade of Grundy to Gorn. It'll be. Gorn as my VC into McRae. Uh, and hopefully I've got a looping option. Let me just have a look at that. That potentially is an issue. So hopefully the teams fall in my favour of having a, a looping option. Um, I think it'll, I... Jack, Jackson uh, Mead for Port Adelaide potentially might be my loop. Yeah, the, the other player which I've just realised we haven't mentioned in AFL Fantasy is Patrick Cripps. Uh, I haven't had him all year in AFL Fantasy, which was a big mistake. And maybe this week is the week to get him if you're thinking of a different option. I'm getting Oliver. But if Cripps scores well again this week, I might bring him in next week. Yeah, 811k. Came back is- last week. Yeah, he's, he's cheaper. It's um, cheaper than a lot of those other players. So, eight hundred and eleven k is nearly a straight swap for Grunt for Grundy, and he yep. scored one hundred and twenty three coming back from a hamstring injury. And like you said, yes. you can take that sort of riskier pick if he does happen to go down again with a soft tissue injury. You can trade him back out. Yeah, very good. Well done, Blake. No, that pretty much covers everything I've got to say for AFL Fantasy previewing our round seven. Clinton, you got anything further to add? No, I'm hoping for a turnaround this week. It's been a bit of a slow grind with AFL Fantasy, but uh, hopefully I'll be feeling better next week, Blake. Instead of Dash's dogs, you won't have a sick dog, and I'll be back up and about next week. No, hopefully, yep. Hopefully we both have a good week for Supercoach and AFL Fantasy, Clinton, and good luck to our community um, for Round 7. Thank you for watching. Make sure you like and subscribe to the show. And, yep, good luck for Round 7. Good luck.